I'm just saying. I think that's where the real money is. But welcome back to Franchise Audio. This is your boy, Eddie. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome the fuck back. It's your boy, Jay. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in for another week of the show. And where the real money is, what I'm referring to, I mean your education. Sure. And not just, like, school education. I mean, be financially literate. Oh, okay, because I was about to say, I'm not the biggest on school education. But I'm not saying don't go to school, though. You know, I think there's a... there's a, a. I read something today that I think is a very good point, which is school teaches you how to be an amazing employee. But it does not teach you how to be a good employer. It doesn't even teach you how to be an amazing employee, I feel like. Because what fucking curriculum in school teaches you how to deal with like your day after you just got rejected for that promotion that you wanted to go for that's the actual shit that matters psychology the whole yeah exactly the whole psychology Personal effectiveness. yeah but that's like one niche class no right but, I, but you know i'm just fucking teasing you and, and pulling your your chops but i agree i agree but in a sense of like follow the rules do what you're told like you'll make money if you get really educated because people go to school in general i think even me like uh, when i was younger i i wanted to be a nurse when i was when i was younger that dream kind of died over the years and i'm like i don't know if i want to be a nurse i don't know if i want to work three hour or three days 16 hours like grueling shifts you know for a ridiculous amount of money being made like for other people you're helping people at the end of the day. It's a super rewarding yeah. field. And I'm not like giving any discredit to nurses. I think nurses are amazing. Definitely essential. But I just think like, damn, if I want financial freedom, that's probably not the route that I should take. Or at least not the route that I should take for the rest of my life. Like maybe if I, I could have been a nurse for 10 years, accumulated that money and invested that somewhere. Then I'm living a completely different life. I think it all really too depends what you do um, with your life because, yeah, maybe just being a regular nurse might not be too rowdy. Even maybe being a nurse practitioner, I mean, they get paid a little, you know, I think they're over 100, which that's already yeah, that's more than phenomenal, right? That's a good life. But the one that really, really hits it out the park is a nurse anesthesiologist. Oh, yeah. Which is essentially they're just like an anesthesiologist, but on a smaller scale. Easy and six figures. Yeah, and, and more affordable. No, easy, like six figures, like high in the 200s yeah high in the 200s but it's in, it's incredibly like res like your responsibility there is insane because you are mostly the person that is um not only putting the people to sleep but waking them up yeah. making sure that the levels are all coordinated the anesthesiologist actually like nowadays only prepares it like prepares the medicine prepares yeah. everything to make sure everything is good to go but the the nurse anesthesiologists and the assistant anesthesiologists at the techs are the ones that really make sure during everything that yeah. is going good. And the anesthesiologists are like a, like a last resort, which is a great point. The higher you get in the food chain, yeah. the less you work. Like you said, that's, and also too, the more education you have, right? The more you, the more you arm yourself. And you should the be more valuable you are with financial knowledge. The, there's a rat race that's happening in America. It's a fucking rat race, which people want a life of consumerism, but think that a life of consumerism is going to eventually make them a lot of money, or they think that there's like a get rich, like quick scheme. Yeah. Like people that get rich quick, legitimately either got lucky, inherited it, or they got fucking lucky. Or they won the fucking lotto. Or they got rich too off of someone else's ignorance, you know, like promising someone, I don't know, let's say maybe 400 times returns on whatever bullshit gold or gasoline station investment and then to find out it's all a Ponzi scheme. 
you know, that's, that's those are how, like, how Naval says, usually any get-rich-quick schemes is someone getting rich quick off of you. Yeah. And to be honest with you, most of America is in that rat race, in a sense. Like, everyone wants consumerism, but doesn't really, like, realize that most things that we are purchasing are expenses that are leaving our account. Like, whatever income you're making, whether you have residual income, whether you have work income, uh, income through labor, yeah. whether you do fucking Postmates. If you purchase expenses, meaning if you have a car note that you have to pay at the end of the month, yeah. if you have insurance, if you have internet, if you have monthly subscriptions, if you have a mortgage, if a you new have jet rent, ski, a fucking jet ski, a boat, whatever, whatever it is, then you are not going to be able to have a wealthy life because you are making the amount of money that you are spending. Yeah. On an everyday basis. And that sounds so fucking simple, but it's actually a concept that's incredibly difficult to understand if you yeah. never prepare for it ever in your life. And school doesn't do that for you. So now at the later points in my life, like, and, and I don't want to say fucking later points, like if I'm turning 45, but now that I'm 26, that I've lived a little bit, that I've been in corporate America for a while, that I've worked for a decent amount of companies, that I've worked for some really fucking good companies. Yo. Shout out to LeBear. How is it going to be possible to like establish a life that you're building assets that will make money? for you like make your money work for you yeah. instead of you always for the rest of your life working money because me primarily my american dream like my vision is not to retire at the age of 65 and have the government take care of me like that's not the life i want i want to be able to like have a, a, a like retire earlier than that take care of my family make sure that there's no like needs for for certain yeah. things you know what i mean and to do that you have to have an incredible amount of discipline that you're not taught financially like an incredible amount of discipline that you're not taught financially unless you go seek that knowledge unless you're curious about that knowledge yeah because bro there's just school could teach you fucking numbers and like like if you want to be an accountant you can understand really well how numbers work if you want to be a banker you can understand really well how numbers work what comes in what comes out but yo if you're not applying that shit it doesn't fucking matter no it's whack school nowadays who it really benefits is engineers doctors and lawyers and i'm not saying that i don't mean to really say it in a bad way even though i kind of do but what i mean by that is like those are careers that really require for you to develop like a skill yeah. and a trade and like in my opinion are the most worth it to really put yourself so many thousands mm -hmm. and thousands and thousands of dollars into debt that's what it is like you said like if you because you go to school you learn that shit and then you act there you can actually have a career where you can apply it mm -hmm. a lot of these times you're learning like these you're going through these same courses for like all like for all these other careers like let's say for like you're taking i don't know uh like you're taking what's what's the what's that um that math class starts with an a that's super hard not accounting no statistics it's an s you're taking statistics to be a marketing uh major or an international business major it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter yeah. but why the fuck would like like i don't know like it just does it, it doesn't fit in my head how School is just such a uniform umbrella for, like, everybody. Because it's, it's not teaching us the actual shit that we need to know. It's well, not uniform how it's supposed to be, in my opinion. So, uh, here's the thing, and it sounds like we're taking off our pants, you know, squatting over gently, and just releasing a giant 
spume of shit on school. Which I would never do. <laughs> which I don't want to. Yeah, which I would never I do. I really think that school is really fucking essential for, for certain people. Yeah, and if you want to meet like a girlfriend, you know what I mean? You want to make a new friend. You want to join it's a fucking fraternity, for, a yeah, sorority. It's for, for social you know? networking and shit. Yeah, fucking fantastic. But it also, you have some dope classes in there. And look, here's the thing, right? If you don't know where knowledge is and you want an easy place to get it, school is the place for you. If you don't know where to look for knowledge or yeah. you're not curious about certain things, school is the right place for you. Now, once you finish school, if you think that you stopped learning, then you will stay at where you are at for the rest of your life. True. That is a fact. That is 100% facts. You are not changing. Period. Point blank. But the part that I enjoy about school is the social networking aspect. And it teaches you like some, some things like discipline and, and work ethic. But here's the part where, where, where we're talking about, like, it's required if you want to be a doctor. Like, that stuff is yeah. required because the people that have the knowledge the, are, are the professors that you learn from in school. And yep. then the actual physical practice of being a professional by shadowing and reverse shadowing and making sure that you're doing your fellowships, your internships um, for an internship, like for finance, if you're doing that or yeah. business or if you're a doctor, for the love of fucking God, I hope you do your fellowship. I hope you do your residency, you know. Because I would like to get seen by a doctor that knows what he's talking about. So school is good in that sense. Yeah. If you are poor also and you go to school, the odds of you not being poor and being in middle class and being better in your life are highly improved. I would like to think so. At least. Oh, I, no, no, I, I no. Feel like it at least gives you that. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not spewing bullshit here. Yeah. Statistically, it's proven. So that's why I think it's good and it's essential. Now, if you do not want to be in middle class. Yeah. Like if you want to be in the top, like... 10%, which by the way, well, that's a, that's a really, uh, that's a really lofty goal. That's a, that's very, uh, look how lofty opportunistic is, goal. Hold on. Look how lofty it is to be in the top 10%. You just have to have a house income of more than $250,000 a year. Shit. Okay. No, I thought the top 10% was a lot higher. The top 1% is, is a little bit more different, but the top 10 is not, is not what you think it is. Okay. Yeah. I thought the top 10 was going to have to be like a household income of like a mil. But top 10%, you basically financially can live in, in a way that you want to. Now, here's where the flip side is, is that I believe, personally, if yeah. you have to clock in somewhere, if your time is invested solely for the purpose of making money because you fear not having it, then are you really truly financially free? No, yeah, you're not. It's like how Warren Buffett says, if you don't find a way to make some money for yourself... While you're not working, while you're sleeping, you're going to work for the, the rest of your life because your income, your dollar, like the money it's that you're going to see you. in your bank account in two weeks or whatever it may have you is only contingent on if you went to work that day. Yeah. What happens if you call out? What happens if you ran out of PTO days? Yeah. You know, you stop earning. That's what a problem. If you get in trouble and you get fired. That's a problem. Yep. You know, and then let's add on top of the fact you may have a kid, you know, or you may, you know, you may have like a, a situation at home where you have to help mom. You might, you might have to help another family member, you know, God knows what. Maybe you need money for this other like operation. You know, you want we want to be more financially sound as literate, like a com uh, yeah, financially literate as a community. You know, like I don't think everyone needs to strive for. I mean, top 10 percent, I think sounds great. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars combined um you know income. income in a household i think that sounds great but i don't think any, everyone needs to strive for the top 10 percent. but i think everyone does need to strive to just developing good money practices and it starts off with as simple as just saving 10 percent of what you earn yep. 
Just start there. Just start putting something away. Start learning like these good habits, these good practices that are going to help put you in a in a better situation moving forward. That's Doing not going to leave us like in a rat race like how you're saying. Yeah. And the rat race is really, and you see this a lot in Miami because it's just where we live. People live for, for a short term. The rat race is simple. It's, you, you could almost call it a hamster on a wheel. You get paid. Yeah. You look forward to the weekend. You spend what you get paid. Yep. You look forward to your next paycheck. Yep. To repeat the same process over again. Doesn't matter what you're doing. It just is the simple fact that if you are spending more than you're making or you're spending exactly what you're making, you're not going to be able to have that life, that future life that you're planning yeah. for, that future life that you're thinking of. Like you're going to go to this seminar asking people, how do you make money? How do you get rich? And in reality, it's like they're all going to tell you the same thing. Discipline, making sure I'm not spending more than I'm making, because that's really the secret. Yeah. Like, don't tell me how much you're making. Tell me how much you're spending. Yeah. Because then you'll be able to really see the trajectory of where your life is going. Like how I, I love that you mentioned that because like how you're saying if you want to get rich, right? This is just for someone that, let's say, wants to accrue a little bit more wealth than the regular person. If you don't risk shit, you don't get shit. Uh, 100%. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You have to have some skin in the game. You there, there has to be something that you're risking, whether that's actual money that you're putting into an investment in your business for it to take off. Your time, you know, like if you're some real estate, like, you know, if you're studying to be a doctor, you know, that's 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 an investment. That's that's a risk, you know, you're, you're, you're that you're putting in. If you don't risk shit, you're not going to get shit. It's that simple. I, I, fuck, we're nailing these motherfuckers to the if you're listening to this podcast. First off, I just want to say thank you for rocking with Jay and Eddie. This podcast is always about self-development through the many aspects that we find life entertaining Financial freedom is something that we can't stress enough. And as we get more knowledge, as we get more information, as we study more trends, as we look into society, see where we're heading, see what our community, our age people are doing, we're going to bring these things up to topic because it's interesting to talk about. But back to what I was saying, here's the, here's the, 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 the piece that I think it, you're stressing and I'm stressing is really, if you do not take risk if you don't let like it, it, what it really is if you let fear control you in the in the aspect of money then it will control you for forever if yeah. you fear losing money then you will not make money and if you fear like not owning your house or not doing like th th not having a social status because you're not going out with your friends money's always going to control you because yeah. you're working for a currency you're not working to not have currency. Yeah. You're not working for freedom. You're working because you need the currency to live. If you don't have the currency, you don't live. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm reading right now, as I continue like reading financial literacy books, as I continue seeing, you know, where I want to invest my time. Cause I, we talked about this on the last podcast and it's like, yo, I want to see myself in 10, 15 years living a better life. Yeah. If my parents didn't sacrifice like their life for that, then what the fuck was the point of me? You know, like in a, in a general sense, like what the fuck was my point of yeah. of exploring life and i want it better for my family and as i venture off in these things i see something that that really resonated with me and that's how much are you paying yourself 10 percent at least every yeah. time you get paid 10 percent. use that throw it back somewhere and if you need to like literally not see your money open up a wells fargo account open up a yeah. marcus account with goldman sachs open up something that you deposit money and at the end of the year you look and you have ten thousand dollars five, 10, 15, whatever it is that you saved. Yeah. And then you could use that money to really make a play and take a risk, man. Because at the end of the day, 
Look at every big major company that we see nowadays. Started off as nothing. Amazon started in a fucking, in a little studio room in New York. And yes, Jeff Bezos had X amount of money, but look what he's become. Yeah. Then you have Mark Zuckerberg off of the social network. Look what he's become. In a college dorm room. In a Coded college dorm that shit in Just coding. Knows. Yeah, just a month, whatever. However the fuck long it took that sick order to get it done. Education nowadays is not how it was back then. We have the internet. We have an incredible yeah. amount of information available to those who want it. Yeah. Curiosity is the most important thing. Because you could go to school for free. It's in the internet now. Like, legitimately, you could go to school for free. You could learn for free. It's just do you want to. Like, nobody wants to not have instant gratification. Everybody wants now, now, now. Nobody's like, oh, in 10 or 15 years, this will pay off. Everybody wants the moment. Everybody wants the Miami lifestyle. Everybody wants the yeah. fast car. Everyone wants this. Everyone, And you don't see that. You're putting that more and more and more and more and more away. The least discipline you have. Yeah. If you don't discipline yourself, you're never going to have that lifestyle. And if you're somebody right now that's listening to this podcast and you're listening to us and you're like, but what are these motherfuckers talking about? Like, I'm the complete opposite. Like, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aligned with these guys. Like, yeah, we need to be financially literal. You know, we need to do yeah. things to put ourselves in a good position. Reach out. Like, I want to talk. I want to connect. I want to see some of the things that you're doing. We can talk about some of the things that, you know, I have planned. Some of the things that I'm doing now with the stock market and things of that nature. Like, let's talk. Let's connect. Let, let, let's, let's grow this circle. Let's grow this community. The, you said something that I, I think rings true as you were talking about just the pathway of what it is to be disciplined and like why education is important and investing is important. If it's not in yourself, if it's not in your time, if, if it's not in your education, then at least in whatever you're getting in your paycheck. Yeah. And look, this is, this, this is something that, um, that I saw and it was a story like of someone, I, I, someone walked into, uh, to the store that I worked at and he was wearing a Hublot and I was like, Oh, that's a cool watch. I like, I, I, out of curiosity, I just yeah. asked him like, Hey, you know, like, was that watch a gift? Did you get it for yourself? He's like, actually this watch is a gift. It's from one of my business partners. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. What do you do? This guy told me he came to America, went to New York. He's from Turkey, went to New York and was working for about a week at a restaurant and came back home. Cause he had to bring his family. He hadn't bring his, brought his family yet. He was saving up money for that. He went back home his little fucking piece of shit studio that he had that he was paying for he was working like two jobs he worked at a restaurant and somewhere else like a delivery service he came back home and he's like this life is a piece of shit like this is not what i came to america for i did not come to america to feel like i, I have to work for the rest of my life so yeah. he's like you know what this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna work for the rest of the year he didn't take a day off worked two jobs seven days a week full day for the rest of the year 365 that's yeah. what he told me but he saved up $45,000, enough money that he went back to Turkey and there was a friend of his that wanted to start a fucking virgin olive oil company. This motherfucker started a virgin olive oil company with his friend over there. They opened up a little factory. He came back to, uh, to New York, started talking to restaurants saying, hey, I could sell extra virgin olive oil. This is how you do it. Boom, 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 boom. I could bring you some cases so you could try it. This motherfucker now sits at almost half a mil in income yearly yeah off of not doing shit but business calls off of olives off of fucking extra pussy ass olive little oil. olives he's he's like i don't give a shit about olives why would you i wouldn't give a shit about but olives he's like either. it's good business yep but they pay and he's like and that that part of me is just business what i do in my regular life who i am i read i like going to the beach with my wife i like taking my son out to the park 
I like spending time with my family. So when it's time for work, I work. I make deals. I do whatever I yeah. can. I make sure that the warehouse is good on the other side. But my life is not about work. My life is about enjoying it. And that's why I said, fuck this. I'm going to work every day as hard as I can. Discipline themselves. And now look what he's become. Every time I see something like that, I'm like, what the fuck am I waiting? Like, what am I waiting for? Like, yeah. realistically. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what am I waiting for? Like, are those shoes really important? Is that fucking Starbucks $20 coffee really important? And it's not to be a hard ass and say, don't enjoy yourself. But it's like small sacrifices or big sacrifices end up paying off if you're investing in yourself and you're investing in the right things. Point blank period. Point blank period. So that's been your fucking episode of Money Trees, which is how do you establish financial literacy? Go seek it. It's not in school. Yep. That segment it's is, on you. That segment is so important to us. And now... Well, on YouTube. There's a bunch of shit on YouTube. There's a bunch of shit on Google. Get a fucking library card. It's free. There's a bunch of fucking books. Don't listen to day traders. The information's out there. Listen to day traders only if that's really something you want to do. And listen to the right ones. Right? No, there's nothing wrong with being a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. G-shit. If you want to learn how to do that shit, make sure you are only learning from someone that is doing it at a very high level. And don't pay for fucking courses. Yeah. These $1,000 courses, $2,000 courses. Bullshit. A lot of the information that's in there, as cliche as this may sound, if you've heard this before or maybe you haven't, it's out there in the world for you. It's in YouTube. It's in Google. And it's free. It's in some of the fucking books that are already written. These people are just regurgitating the information that's already out there for you. We just gave you a fuckload of information that I, I compiled so many books for you guys. I've, I've read at least like six financial literacy books just out of curiosity. Yeah. I just compiled it for you. We just compiled it for you guys in that segment of Money Trees. Which really? Is really? I feel like I didn't, I didn't learn a thing there from you. Shut the fuck up. What you shouldn't learn from me is day trading. Don't do that because that's getting like rich quick. That shit's not going to work out. Don't do that. Don't listen to me. That that's seriously an important subject as far as money trees. I want to close it off with that. Financial literacy is everywhere. It's available for free. If people are trying to make money off of you as being like a mentor or whatever, yeah. what you need is action. What you need is discipline. What you need is behavioral changes. What you need is hab habitual changes. That that sacrifice, that feeling of like fuck, you're giving something up. Yeah. That's what's going to bring progress in your life financially. And really every other area, if we want to be really specific yeah. with it. But that's how you work on anything. Facts. It's changing your habits. So, speaking of that, before we go off of Money Trees, I want to say one thing because I have to talk about this shit. What the fuck is going on with GameStop, man? You mean besides the fact that they're going out of business and their stock price is almost... I don't want to say almost 300, but it's almost... What's in the 200 and something? Like, it's, it's 224. 224. The last time I checked. Shit, that might as well be $300. This company is legitimately like going out of business. Like They're burning. They're burning. Rome is burning. And you have people that in the last week and a half weeks with GameStop have become like legit overnight millionaires. We're talking about a stock that has gone up like over 2,000%. It's like it was like at $13 like a week ago, a week and a half ago. And it's right now it's currently well you heard $220 yeah so if you guys haven't heard what the fuck's going on America uh, literally it, America yes it, yeah, yeah this yeah, is with yeah. America because this is not the hedge fund owners this is not yeah this is not your uh your big cats you know Wall Street this is America and this is what what's been happening Elon Musk just tweeted about it so whoever hasn't heard about it now that Elon tweeted about it now a lot of people will come and see what's going on yeah but GameStop as Jay said 
$13 last week. The company was burning money, basically. Like, they're done. <laughs> they're done. Potential deal with, I think it was Microsoft or some shit. And they got shortened. Them. They got shortened mm-hmm. heavily. Yeah. Billions of dollars shortened. If you guys don't know what be- being shorted is, means your stock will go down and the market is betting on that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Someone that's shorting your stock is just betting that the price of the stock currently will go down at some point in the future. Depending on the day, you get to pick the day. Depending on the day, you get to yeah. buy the contract, which is shortening, and that depends on the price you buy it. There was someone that invested billions of dollars, which is Melvin. Uh, Melvin Group is is their, is their uh, hedge fund, if I'm not mistaken. Billions of dollars they invested in there. And Reddit came out, and all retail investors went ahead and bought options betting for GameStop, calling that it, the price was going to go up. They have so many retail investors, and retail investors are just average Joes like me, Jay, anybody that invests in the stock market. Yeah. They have so many of them that they are literally driving the price of GameStop up because they're not selling their options. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's literally a civil war. It's literally America versus Wall Street. Versus Wall Street. And let me just say something. I fucking love it. I, I love, love it. it. I love it. I love it. This Any is- chance that you can stick it to the man, I'm here for it. I love sticking it to the man. Love it. There's nothing more that I love in this world than sticking it to that motherfucker called the man. And the fact that we have a couple renegades right now in basically a a a a community on the network and this in, is a meme in, in, a, in a little forum this is literally a meme that has become digitized and mo- monopolized but they've decided to take it upon themselves th- this family that they are which is like a subreddit in reddit which is called wall street bets it has like two million members 2.5 million degenerates they've literally like how eddie said they continue to you know um buy stock put call options basically betting that the price will go up which has inflated the price which has then forced a lot of Wall Street, like he said, to lose billions and billions and billions of dollars. And it's still going up and they're still bleeding. And the best part of it all is that these renegades, these degenerates, these, these, mm, these, these, these heroes, is how I like to view them, is what I would like call them, is that they're saying is that they're not going to stop until this shit is at $1,000 per share. They want this shit to go to the moon. Wow. And, you know, it's funny, but I saw someone that bought $50,000 worth of options when it was at $7 when this was really starting off. Yeah. And he's made over $22 million. Think about that for a second. That's crazy. And he and that guy right there, and there's no way to prove this, but he says that he's at $22 mil, but he's not jumping off the ship until it's at 1000 That's life-changing money, man. It's more than life. It's, it's life-changing money for you and like seven other of your friends. Yeah. It's generational, like, saving money. And I had to, to talk about GameStop because it's just, this is beautiful. This is retail investors saying, fuck the hedge yep. funds, fuck Wall Street. We are not going to get bullied yep. by all these people just making calls and shorting and making billions of dollars off of their own money. Yep, They're making billions of dollars off of playing the market. It's I, the best thing. It's so. It's just a fun ass meme. I can't believe it's happening, and it's happening right now. And that means if you guys want to take a look, you can literally monitor on Robinhood, Cash App, whatever you have that trades. You could see the price of this stock fluctuate so volatile that it's broken the circuit to the point that you can't trade it for a couple of hours. You know, to the point where, like, if for anyone that studies charts or trends on a chart, it's 
it has the craziest trend. Like it's a trend that's never been seen before because it'll never. shoot, it'll shoot up in price, it'll stop, it'll halt completely, and then shoot right back up again, 20, 30, 40 points up. It's gone from thirteen dollars to two hundred and twenty-four dollars. That doesn't happen in the stock market. Not like that. Not, not like that's that magnitude. What I love about it though is that it just kind of like proves like a, a philosophy that I've always thought of that there's no I in team. <laughs> That really, like, unity is, like, the only way that you are really going to get shit moving, bro. Because think about what these people have done. Like you said, retail investors. Retail investors are just your everyday, regular Joe Schmo people that aren't part of Wall Street, that aren't part of corporate, that just like to invest their money into the stock market. They have literally punched in the mouth of, like, America. Not, I don't want to say America, but in the mouth of, like, Wall Street and said, like, yo, like, fuck you. Like, you what guys, happens if we all stick together here on this? Th- but that's that's what I'm, literally what's happening. But that's, what I've, but that's what I've always thought. Like, I've always known that, like, us as the people are the real equity in this world. We're, yeah. the, we're the real, like, we're the real currency. Like, fuck anything else. Yeah. Fuck any, anything else. I'd hate to make this all about money and all about, like, mindset around money, but I am. This episode is going to be like introspective because I, I want to ask a question. I love this GameStop shit because I agree with you. It is about unity and it's about fuck the man. Fuck the man. In every way. Like, fuck the man. We're going to see what happens. And we're going to see what happens and it's happening. Yep. And it hasn't stopped. By the way, this is in no way telling you to jump on GameStop. This oh, is actually a horrible idea if you want to jump in. Yeah. I, I mean, the, my responsible side would have to yeah, agree with that. Now, the side that I would lo- like in a, um, alter- a, a alternate reality. Your house and put yeah, it no, exactly. Double mortgage on my house. Call all of my closest friends. Kids. Ask them for any, all their 20, money, all their 40, pennies that they have. Man, whatever whatever they, they have. Whatever they have that they want to give me, allow me to take it to the moon for us. But that's just yeah. not responsible yeah. just not realistic also my kids i'll sell everything dude like are you Where's kidding me like i was telling you before the podcast i'm just upset with this whole GameStop shit that no one called me and was like yo like hold on get ready we're doing this shit like i hate that there wasn't more of a, a, like an email that was sent out you know more of a formal update it, and it has to be GameStop, man. After how many times they fucked me? No, they fucked me out a lot of money. Trying to sell games to them. Yeah, yeah, they fucked they me out a lot of money. They cost me so much money. Yeah. Whatever yeah. money I made off of GameStop on any call that I would have put on them wasn't enough. Yeah. I could have made millions off of them. It wasn't enough over well, how they shorted me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Coming. They shorted me hurt rough. But guys, like how Eddie said, this is definitely not an insinuation right. to buy GameStop. We are not financial advisors, as they say. As they say. But you know, just do what you're gonna do. If you do, study if, the markets, though, because study the market, yeah, moving. because that, that's just up, that <laughs> shit up, boy. If you do buy, though, let me know. I want to see how it goes for you. Yep, that's all I'm gonna say. Yep. I love the drama. Let me know and send me a picture because that may or may not swing me. Yep. one way or the GameStop game. is up right now. I want to ask a serious question. Why do people value money so much? How do you not? Here's what I mean. Literally to the point that it drives them or stops them from doing a lot of things in their life. And I mean like this. If you stay at a job, you're in the rat race, and you're offered more money, your expenses go up, you're in the same thing, and you're in the same lifestyle, what's stopping you from changing? Like, is the fear of money, that driving emotion... Like, the emotion's so strong that it stops you from taking a risk and seeing what really you could do. Yeah. I think it's... Because I'm trying to understand it. And I'm trying to understand it more from myself in an introspective way. Because I'm at a point that it's just like... 
Fuck, will I starve on the streets? Like, I, I think I could figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think I could figure it out to the point that it's just like, I don't want to put money as the be all end all in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. And that is the way to get financial freedom. Like, if you're always working for money, you will always work for money. Yeah. You will never have money work for you. And, and worse yet, it's going to be so hard to enjoy life. I hear what you're saying. I just feel like in this world that we live in, it's just so hard to view it opposite, at least when it comes to money. I, I think I honestly feel like, like how you said, like what is stopping someone that's already in a shitty, miserable situation from changing out and trying to do something better for themselves? I think it's literally just like how scared of human beings that we are of the unknown. Yeah. Like we are, we've already kind of like are living or that, that person would already be living in that shitty situation. Like they know what to expect. Just, I guess, the fear of just not knowing is what really cripples people. And it's not even exclusive to people that are that are not educated and people that are highly educated. Yeah. There's a trend. Even there's some doctors that even there's a lot of doctors that even have income that does not match their expenses and they're in debt, too. Yeah. And then what happens with with For sure with student loan debt? That accumulates over time, and that $70,000 student loan debt is now $200,000 by the time you think you paid it off, or by the time that you were scheduled to pay it Which off. Which is such a crazy number to even think about. But it's the truth. And it's just like, if the fear of consumerism, of like money being that thing, is going to drive you in the same revolutionary chain, like Albert Einstein said it best, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's true. The thing is, like, what is what is someone supposed to do different? I think what I'm saying in a, in a general sense is, like, why do you want money? Mm -hmm. Figure that out first. Yeah. Like, what is it that you want money for? Figure that out first. And don't just stop at, like, oh, I want money for this. You know what I mean? Like, really introspectively think how yeah. or why you want money. And then on the other side is instead of saying things like, oh, I can't afford that. Oh, I can't do that. Think of like, do the brain exercise to do this instead. How could I afford that? Yeah. What can I do to put myself in a position yeah. that in 10 years I could be in Turks and Caicos on an expensive trip that I brought on my friends for a honeymoon, for my wedding, for just the fuck of it? Yeah. How can I make money? And that actually is better brain power than saying I can't afford that or that's just not my oh, income. Oh, yeah. You know sure. what I'm saying? Because yeah, not I feel in absolutes. like the fear of the unknown, if it drives you to just consistency or complacency what is the worth of it like if you stop learning at a certain point and you're just like satisfied at an income level like i feel like we're not exploring our true curiosities as humans you know what i mean like i don't want to be just like like if i got my phd and i became a professor of philosophy which is something i do i want to do yeah i don't want to be just that i want to do more things than just that but to do that like, why do I want money? Oh, okay, to better my life. I want to better my children's lives. I yeah. don't want to be in the same position that my parents were in, that they're living paycheck to paycheck. So how am I more financially responsible? How am I more financially disciplined? Learning all those lessons is like, that's the part that separates you. Emotions are like the driving factors over every decision that we make. That is very true. No matter how logical you want to be, there's always at least a little element of emotion to your decisions, unless you figure out... Yeah. How not to, unless you literally train yourself when it comes to finances is what I'm specifically uh, speaking about. Unless you specifically come to the term that you will not make decisions based on emotion. Meaning? 
damn, I want to eat today. Let's go eat out and spend $120 at Ruth Chris. That's probably not a, a good decision if you don't have the expenses for that, if you don't have the income for that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or, like, for example, I've been feeling really sad. Let me go buy a, an ounce of weed. To make myself feel better. To make myself feel better. Emotions are, are the things that, if your decisions are programmed behind them, it's going to be so difficult to make rational decisions when it comes to income. Like, think about that, truly. No, for sure. I hear what you're saying because it's like you hear people say like, oh, I just want to get to six figures or I just want this amount of money. But it's like, what would you even do with it? You know, if I gave it to you right now, what would you even do with it besides buy or, you know, maybe do something dumb with it potentially? 90 fucking percent of lotto winners go broke. Isn't that an insane statistic? Yeah, that's, that's sad is what the fuck it is. You won the lotto. You hit the biggest lick of all time and you went broke. Yeah, and you lost it all. Come on, man. Like, that's the that's the shit that it's like. If you hear that, then that should make you curious about, damn, then there's something that no matter what, even if you're broken, you win the lotto, there's a consistent, there's a consistency there. Yeah. And it's the mindset. Yeah, you got to know it's, how to keep it. It's the mindset around money. And so I think really it's the emotion driven aspect that fear, like sadness, like the negative emotion that you're looking for the positive emotion. Yeah. That's the net outcome of money. Like, that's what really the driving factor is for, like, obtaining money. And if you start addressing that why it's personally for yourself, then you will start getting to a more clear way of how you make money work for you. And it becomes less grueling, too, I feel like. I feel like ever since my mentality on money changed, it's become so much less grueling for me. It feels like, at least at times. And I don't even make feel, that much money. Yeah, you know I mean? at times it'll feel a little bit less, like, of a grind. Absolutely. Because, I don't know, because you're, you're working with purpose. It feels like a moment. You're moving with purpose. It feels like a moment. Exactly. Oh, I'm I'm here right now, but that's fine. Yeah. Because this is this is I'm not investing in the here right now. Exactly. I'm investing in the 10, 15 years. Yeah. From yeah. Now. Here right now is just taking me to where yeah. later is gonna. Here look right like, now is a moment. Let me yeah. make the best out of it. Because I'm in the situation I'm in, so that's all right. Like financially, if I'm in the situation I'm in, then that's okay. Let me discipline myself to get out of this situation, and start investing for the 10, 15 years. In the future from now. And dog, that risk-taking shit, like, it's fundamental. Man. It's fundamental. And everything. In every single fucking, like, yo. Think about, like, X2 or Z2, which was the, the WinRAR opener that Elon made with his brother. Yeah. Yo, they, were, they had one employee. It was him, Elon. They had one employee. They were sleeping in the studio that they had for the business. But shit, they figured that out. Were able to make a couple moves. It turned into basically like yellow pages, like early yellow pages for fucking restaurants and different yeah. page and different places. They sold that. Boom, he went, invested into PayPal, and look, look now look where the fuck he's at. Like we said, if you don't risk shit, you don't earn shit. You don't get shit. Talking about risking shit, just talking about shit. <laughs> and I mean this in the in the nicest way possible. There's an anniversary today. Among us. Yeah, this is sad, man. You know, my mom brought this up to me in the morning when I woke up, and I was like, yo, it's already been a year. Yep. We have an anniversary today among us, and unfortunately, today is uh, marks a year since the passing of Kobe Bryant. You know, by the time you guys hear this episode, it'll be a year and a day, probably, or a year. Yeah, a year and a day. Yeah. But, you know, it's still, like we've said, you know, it's a moment that happened in time. It's not, you know, at least me, when it comes to remembering Maybe this is easier for me because, like, you know, this man isn't, like, close to me or even just other people and, like, animals that have passed away around me. And, yes, I consider animals as basically human beings. 
the whole thing with me with remembering is just like not something to like and i don't want to say dwell on but to be sad over it's just more so to like find like that empowerment like you know a lot of the times i like to th- i like to think to myself like this is like a, a legit thought that i have like i'm i'm legit gonna do this right now for those that can't that's what i like remembering anybody that passed away that meant at least a little bit of something to me in my life and we talked about this last year when kobe died and holy fuck it's been a year man a year already where has time gone i remember what i was doing where i was at i remember when i got the news specifically yep i remember all of that yeah, i remember it, the whole day the whole day basically because i it impacted me so yeah. heavily yeah, yeah and it's when you see like the people that feel immortal move on like that's when it really hits you like death is around the corner and what we're talking about as as far as like everything on the podcast is really finding financial freedom is so important i think to me to jay because it's like you want to understand really what your purpose is by finding the journey to your purpose yeah you don't want to have money which is something that is so necessary in this life be the limiting factor behind you not exploring your curiosities or not improving other people's lives. And I think about Kobe and the way he improved people's lives. And he was a big role model, you know. Not only did he win an Oscar for a short uh, animation, um, not only was he the Black Mamba and dropped 81 points on Jalen Rose, not only was he an incredible, like, father, an amazing player on on the court, an amazing father off the court. Yeah. This was someone that meant a lot to people that nobody ever met. Yep. Like, there was a lot of people that never met Kobe, yep. but they knew him by name, and they knew what he was about. They and definitely th- knew he got buckets. So Jalen Rose does. Oh, yep. And like he says, at least we held them to under 100. Yep. I love that. At least we held them to <laughs> under 100. <laughs> I love that. Because the way he was moving that night, he yep. could have scored yep. 135. He scored, exactly. He could have scored 150 on y'all stupid asses. But... In any way that I think, um, like you were saying, you know, anyone that passed away that met a li- at least a little bit of something in my life, I'd like to remember them by living. Yeah. In the best way possible. You know, I want to live and I want to embrace what they what they taught because you're you're always learning something in life. Life is going to push you a million different ways. But you pick up those things that you learn throughout it and eventually life will get better. And Kobe, the one thing that I recall, I can think of Kobe Bryant. The one thought that I have right after that is work ethic. Oh, yeah. Like, like there's just like perfection. Yeah, yeah. Perfection, wor- like work ethic to perfection. Like every time I, I'm thinking, like, can I go a little bit harder? Whether it's yeah. in the gym, whether it's like in a conversation as far as like coming to an understanding, whether it's my patients, whether it's I think every time a little bit like, yo, I could push a little bit more. David Goggins taught me that. Yeah. Kobe you know, has taught on the field, has taught me that off the field. Yeah. You know, seeing people like LeBron James that is still living has taught me that. Just Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like the greats yeah. that we see in sports because of the, like the, the limelight that they're in, get to show people like what it's like to work hard and eventually you could reap some benefits. Yep. Doesn't mean you have to be a fucking millionaire to be successful. Yeah. Success is determined in your environment. You know, what you deem as successful is determining your environment. But I feel like Kobe did make me a better person in some way. And for that, I, I'm remembering Kobe. Rest in peace to the Black Mamba. No, yeah. It's rest in peace to the Black Mamba now and forever. Kobe definitely taught me a couple of things from afar. Fortunately, never got to meet him, right? But definitely got to observe him. Definitely got to see some of his tendencies. You know, pick up a lot on, like, what others have to say about him. And what others, um, you know, 
said made him so great. Because a lot of the times, like, you know, we can be too hard on ourselves. And we might not notice something that makes us stand out from the herd. But, like, those around you are definitely noticed and definitely are aware. And, like, those around him had really nothing but, but good things to say. You know, like, he, yeah. he was also known, too, which is one thing that I love. Is like he was known for like giving out the game. Like he was known for giving out the knowledge. Like yeah. he didn't he didn't try to gatekeep it. He didn't try to to limit or stunt anyone else's potential growth because he was insecure about his own. Like you wanna know how how you know I I, I catch the ball with the right shoulders, spin over, fade away, drain in this motherfucker's face. This is, this is exactly how I do. You wanna know how you yeah. can do it? Exactly how I do it. You wanna know how um you know I can be a father to Four beautiful girls. It's how I do it. You know, like he, to him, it wasn't just basketball. It was more so about how you carried yourself, right? And like in, in your everyday life, to produce the like the results that you want. And that's what was in essence so so beautiful about him. Because like a lot of this shit, it 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 seems so easy and so effortless. Um, you know, on on his behalf, and that was just because he was just so that much in love with the process and and. And that's okay, you know? The process and the journey. And, of course, he did want to show people. That's why his his knowledge is not something he kept under wraps. I think about this interview all the time with him, which is the interview that they ask him, yo, you're up 2-0 in the finals. Like, you're not even smiling. And he's yeah. like, job's not done. Job's not done. What the fuck is there to be happy about when the job is not done? And that's what I remember Kobe with. Like, the job is not done. Whatever job it is that I'm doing at the time, whether that's, at like, working out, whether that's reading, whether that's making a New Year's resolution, which, by the way, we're going to talk about those, see where everyone's at with New Year's resolutions because I know where I'm at with mine. But what are, wh- whatever it is in life that I'm working towards, yo, if the job's not done, keep pushing. Persevere, man. Persevere because there's nothing like getting that final product yep. because it's the journey. You've worked so hard for it. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. Keep always, keep the why always in the forefront of your head. And I just wanted to say thank you, Kobe. I fuck with you. Um, you know, prayers and my condolences out to your family. You know, if, if spirits really are real and shit like that, I, I, you know, I definitely hope you're watching down on them. And, you know, I hope, you know, you're, you're, you're sheltering and, and giving your girls, you know, that warmth of your spirit still to this day. Yeah, if all that exists, I'd, I'd hope the same. Speaking of the new year, which we, we just talked about briefly, how is everyone on their news resolutions? Because I'm going to tell you right now how I'm at with mine. I made a resolution starting the new year to not drink. Just decided to, to not drink, have a dry January. I'm solid on it. Haven't drank. Haven't even touched a sip of alcohol. And I started a resolution to also start journaling. That one I've hopped on and on the wagon. I'm trying to journal every day. But honestly, the expectations that I had starting off with this like resolution, and this goes to show like mindset is really everything in, in the things that you do, is yo, I, I just like told myself I'm not a drinker. Like for the month of January, I'm just not a drinker. Doesn't matter what I get offered, doesn't matter where I go, doesn't matter if fucking Elon Musk brings me his Tesla tequila. I'm just, just not drinking. It's just not what you do. It's just not what I do. And it's worked. I also told myself I'm a journaler. But there's been some days that I motherfucker be falling asleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So my three like resolutions, I guess, starting off the year were really simple. But it's something that I, that I wanted to practice in terms of discipline. 
make my bed, journal, not drink. And I'm hitting, I've made my bed every day. Journaling, you know, you know what, what your boy's about after work. I, I'd be knocking out sometimes, but and I haven't drank. So what is it about New Year's resolutions that, that people kind of fall off the wagon on? What do you feel like that is? Or what are some resolutions that you started and maybe stopped? Well, the reason why more so I feel like they might fall off the wagon is just the the stress of the goal more than anything, which is really why I wanted to even to talk about this topic um, from the beginning. It's just like, just wanted to say to everyone that's working on your New Year resolution right now, it's hard at work, you're doing your thing. First off, congratulations. Second off, don't stop, right? And third off is lift up your head for a quick moment. I know it's only probably, it's only been like 26 days, right? But it doesn't fucking matter. Lift your head up for a moment. Celebrate the dub. Celebrate the dub and smell the roses. And after that's done, after that quick little moment is done, you know, of relishing and all the good work that you're doing, right back to work. And just remember to continue to have those moments. It's really, it's just really what I want to say. Because like, shit gets way too stressful at times. Sometimes we get way too strung out and we do it to ourselves. I know I do it to myself. And here's the thing that I think a lot of people need to hear. If you didn't see results right away, if your New Year's resolution was something like the gym, eating healthy, uh, spending less money, whatever. If you haven't seen results right away, don't stop. Because the results are only a result of compounding interest. Yep. The more time you invest, the more times you stick to it, the more results you will get in the future, but the quicker they will come later on. Like if you're working towards your dream body because you really want to be fit and healthy this yeah. year, because you haven't seen any progress in 26 days, don't give up because this is 26 days for the rest of your life. Yep. It's lifestyle changes that you should be making when it comes to like resolutions and why I don't even like to call them resolutions is if there's something you want to work on, just start working on it. Yeah. Like you don't need a new year to work on something. And oftentimes because it's a new year, you try doing it and you're like, fuck it, I'll try next year. And you make that excuse for yourself yep. to not think. If it's something you really want to work on, fuck the new year. Make it a resolution to start working on it now and create a lifestyle change. Yep. And eventually the results will pay off because lifestyle is different from moments. It's different from a week. It's different from a month. It's habitual changes in yeah. who you are. If you change who you are, your life will change. Yeah. If you think about it. So it, smell the fucking roses. If you really do think about it, every day is all we got. So just focus on what the fuck you got going on right now. You know, like if what you, if. For example, if you want to be, I don't know, if you're if you're fucking your goal is to be a doctor and, and it's going to happen in four more years and you're stressing out that fact during the journey, the fact of like, man, the the the, the idea of, of doing that, completing that is, is, is too much. Like, yeah, it's too long of a road. Yeah. Too many slow years Slow down. Like, worry about the time. Test. Is gonna pass anyway. Worry about the, the topic you have to study right now for that test that's coming up and let the time pass. But continue doing your thing. Every day is all you got. It's good to think about the future. It's healthy. Um, but don't allow it to ruin your, 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 your now. Because what you think is going to be good for you in the future might be fucking terrible. So just relax. Don't think you know so much. Don't think you know so much about what you want for yourself. Right? Because those things can change. And just and just be happy. Find Just find a way to be happy with the decisions that you're making. And... Find a way to be happy with those decisions 
and not beat yourself up about those about those good decisions that you're making. That's why I think journaling is one of those important things. If you're journaling what you're doing throughout the day and you're setting your intention clearly every day when you wake up, if you're setting intentions for the day and at the end of the day, you write down what happened in the day, it's just easier to track progress. Yep. And it's easier to pick yourself up like, oh, no, I was good for a week. I had one day that I fucked up. Let me start again. Yeah. It's easier to pick yourself up and be like, no, it's good. And then you're actually able to excuse yourself for being fucking human and sometimes like falling off the wagon because it's fine it happens but how you actually create habits is by changing who you are and you need to change who you are in order to do the things that jay is saying now jay you were scaring the shit out of me a little bit ago before we started the podcast about basically disney going bankrupt and me never being able to see the mouse or ever being able to be in the castle or fucking dancing with bell so what the fuck is happening with disney oh man because you're scaring the shit out of me, dude. They don't have annual passes now. Like, what What do you mean? Dude? What What the fuck? I can't go to Disney World? Yeah. I can't go to Disneyland? So I had I had, I had, had read that they actually had, like, suspended their annual pass perks for, like, the year of 2021. They did. They did do that. Which is fucking whack, right? And that's just until further notice. Who knows if they'll ever come back, right? Because who knows how long we're going to be in this pandemic for. They had poor earnings their last quarter. They were expected this quarter, right? To lose about $20 billion. Wow. I understand. And like I know lose it, as in like not make. Like not like. It's like not coming in. Like we need we need $20 billion. We're no longer getting those $20 billion. Where do you get $20 billion from now? And I understand wow. that they're Disney and everything. But $20 billion is still $20 fucking billion. And when it's $20 billion that you don't have. When you're operating at the scale that they're operating at. It's crazy. You have the fact that like. Periodically more and more news keeps coming out of like more workforce getting laid off like in bunches like in like in hordes of like 20,000 people and they own a lot of companies now. Yeah, and 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 the thing is and then on top of all of that like I was telling you before also too they're like 40 billion dollars in debt now. Mm. Which is crazy to me that Disney can be 40 billion dollars in debt but then we we stress out over our little pussy ass little credit card that might be you know like how can Disney be 40 billion dollars in debt and still operate at the level they're operating at? The motherfuckers are six thousand dollars in debt, and 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 they're and they're down bad, and they, and it's like they can barely live. Well, you know how the fuck does that make sense? I think the thing is, is that when we're talking in relative terms, Disney being down forty billion feels a lot like it's down six thousand dollars. From what they have, as far as across all platforms, <laughs> it, it feels like they're down bad. And a motherfucker down 6,000 may not be that down bad, but Disney feels like it's down bad. Because I don't know in terms of like, I I know we were talking a little bit about it. And it seems like Disney Plus right now is one of their highest grossing platforms. Yeah, that's their cash cow right now. That's like what is keeping them afloat. And it looks like it's legitimate because when Disney announced what they're going to be releasing, they invested a lot of money into production for shows for Disney Plus. But th- which is which I'm glad you brought up because which which is also fucked is that yes they did invest a lot of money into those production for those shows but with restrictions on like with the pandemic and everything a lot of their shows a lot of the productions have gotten cut have gotten pushed back so now it's like the one thing that is helping keeping you afloat is now in being pushed back is yeah and now is in in an essence in a little bit more of jeopardy because how many times are motherfuckers gonna want to watch the Lion King one over yeah. and over and over. Like people are going to want new content. And if yeah. new content can't really come out like that, like what is keeping me from, from still paying that Disney subscription, you know? So it's like, it's like a, it's like a double edged sword right now too, because like that's a possible windfall that can, you know, that can be on their doorstep soon. I just want the Obi-Wan series. Can they just give me that? 
And that would be one series looking nasty because they even have like, um, like supposedly like the original Darth Vader. Uh, yeah, Christian Chris, Panettiere. Yeah, whatever. Back. So, so is fucking Ian McGregor. It's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be a. Fu- I just want that. Like cancel everything else yeah. except Mandalorian and that. I'll stick around. Yeah. I canceled my subscription though. I know what I'm saying, but I canceled. You canceled any? I canceled plus? the fuck out of it. You can have six screens at a time. You think I'm gonna pay eight bucks for that? That I is have, true. I have a girlfriend. I have a sister. They both pay that shit. Yeah, yeah. Someone, you, yeah. You, someone, it's someone's easy to hit a lick yeah, off of Disney that Plus. And you know what? If you really think about it, th- these motherfuckers are, are are playing a dangerous game with this six, seven screen shit that you could have on at the same time. Because I'm gonna do the six or seven screens at the same time. I have a monopoly going with my HBO Go and my HBO Max. No, it's delicious, and I'm part of that monopoly. I have a couple of people that are on it. That ride might end very soon. Relax. I'm I'm trying to keep it. No, steady, let's relax. I'm cutting finances like Disney. Sh- Disney should be cutting finances. HBO Max might not make it into that bracket. Let's just take it easy. What I will say though, with this whole Disney thing, is I know a couple of things that we mentioned here sounds a little scary. Um, what worries me the most? I'm not even worried about the forty billion dollars in debt. The 20 billion that, you know, they're missing, their earnings being bad, all that bullshit, because I feel like these, I don't know, I feel like America's not going to let Disney go bankrupt, even though they're saying it's a possibility that they might have to file for bankruptcy, which makes no fucking sense in my mind. They should have enough money in the bank to withstand 40 years of never opening their doors ever again. But that's besides the point, right? What worries me the most about this is just the fact how they continue to lay off workers. And, um, you know, fire people. And I hate that for multiple reasons. One, because I feel like it's a it's a, like an apparent sign that you guys are struggling. So you need to cut salaries. And two, that's like a bunch of like families and shit that are now like, you know, not broken. But it's like it, it, it makes them think like, what the fuck do we do now? Like, you know, like what now? Like, what's next? You know what I'm worried about? They froze this motherfucker Walt Disney. If he comes back to $40 billion in the <laughs> hole, he's going to be so upset. Like, y'all couldn't let me die. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, for, y'all brought me back. Y'all brought me back for this shit. You brought me back. I left you. I left you the mouse. I gave him a damn dog before I left. I drew everything. Steamboat Willie. You motherfuckers couldn't give me at least a milli. America loves dogs and you still let this shit go down $40 billion, And you brought me back. Guys, this has been Franchise Audio. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we appreciate you guys for rocking and fucking with us. As always, peace out.